Hi. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My name is Dr. Christine Morgan, and I am the Arizona Director for Candle Wishes in Phoenix, Arizona. My name is Jenny Williams. I'm the Founder and Executive Director of the Candle Wishes Foundation. I just really felt this burden come over me for these kids. Children mean a lot. Um, <laughs> you never want a child to grow up feeling like they're not loved. God put this on my heart to want to give these children happy birthdays. This foundation just touched my heart, so I knew that this was something that I needed to do. Okay, y'all, I'm not gonna ugly cry. This is terrible. There was a time in our life where we struggled. Um, there was a time in our life where we lived paycheck to paycheck. One time when we first moved down to Phoenix, a friend of ours, even at Christmas time, paid for my son to have a picture. <laughs> paid to have a picture of our son sitting on Santa's lap and I couldn't afford it because we had just moved across the country. And so, <clears throat> that's always stuck with me. If you would love to sponsor a child, if you would like to throw a birthday party, if you would like to just volunteer, we need your help. Reach out to us so that we can connect and, um, and make our community a better place. Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host and I am excited to finally be on here. We're 20 minutes late. That is my fault. I was in a meeting and, and, and then we ran into some tech difficulties. So, but hey, that's all right. It's Facebook Live. And so, um, listen, I want to, I want to, first off, I want to plug the Candle Wishes Foundation and, and tell you go follow that with Dr. Christy Morgan. It's a phenomenal organization where they help children that are underprivileged have birthday parties. So um, I want to go ahead and welcome a very special guest to the show. Her name is Andrea Levine. Andrea, welcome to the show. Hi, Ken. Thank you so much for having me. Oh. I'm right now. <laughs> I usually don't have stage fright. <laughs> You're nervous? Oh. The excitement's building up. Oh. So now you're here finally. Thank you so much for having me. It's hey, it's my honor, my pleasure. I we have a lot of people on here already. Um and and no need to be nervous. There's only like five million people that'll see this on the T V network. <laughs> so <laughs> No pressure at all. <laughs> no pressure. None so so um uh, yeah, so listen, I you know, I created this show because I, I genuinely feel like, um, you know, look, we all know people that get stuck in life. We've been, you know, I know I've been stuck in life and um, and I, I truly, I, I know that um, we get unstuck, we gain momentum, we gain strength and wisdom by hearing other people's stories of 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 being knocked down and getting back up. And so um, I don't know a lot about you. I know that we're both mutually friends with Giselle Rose, and yes. I love Giselle, and she's been on the show, as a matter of fact. She and, is amazing. Yes, I saw the interview. Yeah. She, she's a rock star. She's, I'm, I'm very, very happy to, to call her my girlfriend, absolutely. She's amazing, yes. And so um, now you're coming in from Canada, right? 
Yes, I, I live just at the east side of Toronto. I have lived in Canada actually since 1991. I'm Hungarian. I was born and raised in Budapest. Wow. And as I heard, somebody knows a Hungarian. My, yeah, my, my wife is, um, is, is half Hungarian. Her, her father was 100%. And, and yeah, his parents, I believe it was, were immigrants from Hungary to here. So um, it's one of her dreams to, um, for us to travel uh, and, and go to Budapest. So that's, that's, that's on our, our to-do list for sure. So, um, Budapest is beautiful. Everybody yeah. who travels there, they have an amazing experience, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So yes, I was born and raised there. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about that. What was it, um, what was it like for you growing up? I mean, you're, you were, you were born in Budapest and, and you know, Canada is, um, is, is, is what, like, it's kind of like the hat for America. <laughs> I'm kidding. Like it's, it's, it's really, there's not a lot of like, there's not Geographically, a lot. maybe on the map. You're yeah, on top. Right. But there's, there's not a lot of cultural differences between Canada and the U S I mean, you know, we all have McDonald's and, and <laughs> I'm kidding, but, but you have like, that in Hungary as well now. Yeah. Right. Right. But, so tell 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 me tell us what it was like growing up in in Budapest. Um, when I when I was born, I don't even know. Uh, I don't even want to say when I was born. I was born in the sixties. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the communist era, oh. and I went to school while it was still the communist era. I finished my universities when the communist regime got knocked out, basically. And one of the, um, there was a lot of good things about growing up in a, a communist society because it really got people to work together, to keep together, to help each other. But it had a lot of disadvantages. And one of the big disadvantages was that if you wanted to stand out there, you had to be very strong and you had to not show vulnerability. You could not show that you're weak because that you would be pushed, pushed aside. Nobody wanted a leader in a society where, um, you needed direction because nobody knew which end was up, really. It wasn't an established system. It was just something that was put on Hungary. Uh, but I don't want to go into the economics and the political situation. It was just from an emotional standpoint, if you wanted to get ahead and if you wanted to be a leader, you had to put up this rhino front right. and you had to be an extremely strong person, loud and show yourself as a, a strong leader. So you cannot be vulnerable. You could not show that you have a weak spot. You could not show how you overcame an obstacle. So that's that's where my wife gets all of that hard headedness. It's in our blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's in our DNA. I have to say she so, she's she's on on the Facebook live stream right now. So. Um, Hi, how are you? <laughs> so, so I can, I can, I can now, I can just blame her, her, her lineage for it. So, 
Um, no. no, she's a very strong woman and very, um, she's very, very strong. And, and so it sounds like that, that definitely comes from, from being in, in the blood, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, but it has the advantage that it's very easy to overcome life's obstacles. Um, I mean, I had to rebuild my life three times. Now, who does that? But have I been able to talk about it up until now? No, because... It wasn't in me. It wasn't imprinted in me that I can share the obstacles that I overcame. And it was very, a very humbling experience the very first time when I started talking about what I locked up inside for such a long time. And uh, that is that, that was the point when I realized that, yeah, other people went through the same thing that I did. Right. right? Other people moved continents at a young age. Other people went through through divorces, other people had to rebuild their businesses a couple of times and start from scratch, or other people had huge expenses put on them that they had to deal with, right? So, yeah. um, so, so that, let, let me ask you, like, so you were born in Hungary, you were raised there, um, yes. until what age? When did you leave Hungary? I left Hungary when I was 26. Okay. So you you went to school there your entire life. Yes. And exactly. what was it like being a kid there in a in a communist regime as as you said in a communist country? Um I have to say the education system is top notch. It's probably one of the highest standards or it was I can't talk about it for now, but uh way back when it was a very high standard education system and it was free. And um, we had fun. We had free camps to go to. We had a lot of activities. So it was fun to be a kid. We were not allowed to travel. Mm. That was a limitation that we were able to go to other communist countries once a year. We had a special passport for that. And we were allowed to go to uh, capitalist countries even over to Vienna, which was like Austria, mm -hmm. which was only a three-hour drive. We were only able to go once every three years. <clears throat> wow. So the uh, intrigue of, oh, my God, what it's like to be in a capitalist country and having better clothes and, you know, all the bling, bling, bling from, from uh, uh, <laughs> the other side of the border, it was always very interesting for everybody. Yeah, yeah. But... Growing up as a kid, it was fun, I have to say. And and I'm happy that I, I grew up there. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. So so you um you like so I, I keep thinking you came to America, but you didn't. You came to Canada. Yes. It was that at twenty six years old? Yes. Okay, okay. Yes. Let, let me so, ask this though. Like in Hungary so you get out of you graduate, I guess, high school, right? And and then then did you go to college? Yes, yes. Okay. I finished three years of university. Okay. okay. Well, I guess you can call it college. College, university. We had no differentiation. It was a three-year university or, or economic universities were four years. Doctor universities were five years. But they were all the same. It was just a length of, of, um, of time that that particular kind of university took. Okay. Okay. So, so you went to university and I assume you, what, how you were, what, 20, 21, somewhere in there when you, 
when you no actually after high school i did not get accepted so oh. i was working for a year i okay. worked for a travel agency for a year and then i got accepted to um um what's it called in english probably the best translation would be um hotel management and okay hotel and restaurant management so, and but, something like that yeah so you hold it you 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 worked for a travel agency in a country where you're not allowed to travel <laughs> exactly. Wow, that has got to make it a little more difficult okay. to do your job. But don't forget, people traveled inside the country, right? Right, right, so right. So travel agencies were still offering trips yeah. for people who were able to go once every three years. Right, right, right. Now all the companies, all these, all these travel agencies, and all the companies were all government owned, right? So okay. there was no private sector at that time yet it was just starting to to emerge because people started to realize that <laughs> political systems are the same it doesn't matter whether it's communist or not people are going to embezzle money so right, right. they start to notice that okay if the politicians have money then there is a way to make money here as well but you know what i grew up with the mentality that actually this is what my my parents and, and embedded in me that money is not good. So it, it was very hard to see that people who were, they had a better car, actually they had a car, <laughs> not a better car, but they had a car, or um, they were able to travel every three years because it cost a lot of money. They had the stigma put on them that they, they embezzled money from somewhere. So it never was like, oh, those are entrepreneurs. Yeah. So it was very hard to overcome that image in in our brain when 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 you come across somebody who really works their butt off to make some extra money to to uh, better their life in a communist situation where you really have nothing. <laughs> wow, wow. So so um, so at some point though, you said at twenty six is when you left Hungary. Yes, uh, yes, I was 20, 26 or 27. Okay, okay. But before that, if we backtrack, uh -huh. when, uh, in 86, yes, 86, uh, the communist regime, 86 or 87, the communist regime was overturned. And we were oh. in this nowhere's land, no real political um, party had any kind of vision of where we are going. It was just like, hey, la-di-da, we are out of the communist system, right? Yeah. So that was uh, the time when people were able to, to travel, and there were not a lot of opportunities at that time for work um, in Hungary. So I I found an ad in a an Austrian paper in German that said, fun in the sun. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Let's check it out. So it I said, went for it. It said what? Fun in that sun. Oh, okay. So I said, okay, let's check it out. So I went for an interview, and it was actually a timeshare company that were recruiting reps for their um, resort on Grand Canaria, the Canary Islands. Uh huh. Wow. And um, yeah. I, I went there for almost two years, and I was selling timeshare before I came to Canada. So when I came to Canada, everybody said, I don't, are you out of your mind coming from a, a hot country to cold weather in Canada? And I'm like, yeah, Canada was always my dream. Wow. So, Canada was always your dream. Yes. Really? 
I was probably around 12 years old that I told everybody that I'm going to live in Canada. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Why? The, ma I, okay, the maple I, I, leaf? I, no. <laughs> no, it was... Yeah, I don't know. I could go back to the... I think in my previous life I was a native Indian. But uh -huh. then it's, it would sound like I'm crazy. Not a lot of people <laughs> believe me. But yeah, actually... Um, Wow. I don't know why. And it wasn't never a United States. It was always I had this vision that I'm going to live in Canada. I love it. Because, you know, <laughs> being from the U.S., you hear everybody say the American dream. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say the Canadian dream. <laughs> no no <laughs> offense to Canada yeah, at all. Yeah, no, but... I, you know what? Nobody. The image of Canada for most of the Americans is that we live in igloos here. <laughs> and, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, very cold. We have some really long winters, which is very depressing. So, yeah. yeah but uh, other than that, it's very multicultural here. Yeah. So people are very friendly. Um, but well, it reminds in, me very much to a socialist system. You're in Toronto. I don't think that's very far from Ohio. <laughs> no, it's not. So, like, like right across the lake or something, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. And, so we get the same lake What's that? We get the same lake effect. Yeah. My wife grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania. So, like, literally on the lake. So, yeah. yeah. So she would know. Yeah. Definitely. And, and I always tell her she's got a Canadian accent. And she's like, stop it. I do not. <laughs> so, um, what is a Canadian accent? What? <laughs> what is a Canadian accent? It's something different from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Anything in Canada is different. <laughs> Canada. I don't think that you can find two similar accents or two people who speak the same accent. Right, right. So, so um, there's a lot of Canadians on here right now. As a matter of fact, they're all talking on the live stream. That's so funny. <laughs> there's some. Yeah, Robert Brooker says a. Yeah, like uh, a. I'm from Canada, a. But you know what? I have not heard that in a long time. So Canadians are improving. <laughs> I have to say. I love it. So, so, so at 20, so at 26, you're in the Canary Islands selling timeshares for yeah. how long? Two years. Actually, yeah. I was 24 or 25 when I went there. So it was 26 or 27 when I moved okay. in 91. Yeah. So you moved to Canada. Did yes. you move by yourself or did you bring your parents or? No, no, no. Actually, um, I, I met someone who uh, was born here. So we got married. Oh. So I came here legally. Okay. <laughs> I came here legally and um, I had my challenges and that's probably one of the reasons why I'm an entrepreneur today is because it doesn't matter what kind of education you bring yourself, bring with yourself when you don't have Canadian experience. Yeah. There's no way that you would get a decent job. And my, my first Slap in the face was when I applied for a job at the Holiday Inn, which is just a motel in Hungary. Or at that time, it was just a motel system in Europe. It wasn't anything fancy. Right. And I used to work in in um, um, like Hyatt's and Hilton's, and yeah. so that's that's where my experience came from. And when I uh, a holiday and said you don't have Canadian experience and that's why you can't get a job here. 
I was heartbroken. I was, I'm not kidding you. I cried for two days from the rejection, from the rejection. Wow. It was hard to overcome. That was something that I will never forget. I will never forget. Now I laugh at it, but. (laughs) That you couldn't get a job at the Holiday Inn. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. But it's, I, like, uh, like, it's not like you were turned down to have a, a stock brokerage position on Wall Street. It was the Holiday Inn. It was the Holiday Inn, yeah. And you cried. And, but for two days. you know what? That's, that's, that's where, where my timeshare experience came very handy because a friend of mine uh, was actually working at a resort here in Canada, here in, in um, Blue Mountains. And we had a, uh, they had, an offsite office here in Toronto, and he said, "You know what? Well, why don't you come and work for us?" Wow! So I was I was in timeshare for the good majority of um, the '90s, and then I worked for um, the timeshare exchange company. So that was more like you know in the office, yeah, yeah. exchanging people's vaca- vacations. Mm-hmm. And then I had enough of the corporate world. I was I was never a nine to five person, and that was really nine to five, right? Yeah. Well, right. it was actually sometimes it was from six to three, and then it was from you know twelve to nine, and the weekends, and it was just it did not sit well with me. I, I've never liked this confined um, yeah. Yeah. limitations that it put on me. I right. was fun. I loved working with the people who was there, who, who were working there. It was it was a great environment, but I, I never appreciated not being free and, and being my own. I decide when I want to do and what I want to do. Right, right. So so it was at, at the and how how about how old were you then? So you'd been in Canada a eh? For um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I yes, have to. Yes, from '91, I I left the corporate world in 2002. Okay. And that's when I started designing. I started my own design business. Designing what? I was at that time. I was designing uh, closet organizers. Is what I started with. So anything from a closet organizer to home offices, wall units, fireplace units, libraries. Wow. I had a really good sense of space, so yeah. it came natural. And, um, yeah, that was – actually, I was working for a company as well. That time it was an American company that had a Canadian office, and they were the ones building these units. And they so were clo- like closet organizer things? Yes. Okay. Actually, they was called Closet Factory. Okay. Very bad name, very bad name, but it was very high end, very high end, um, much better quality and, and better structure than California closets. Yeah, yeah. They have the name, we had the quality, so, but the company decided to shut down the Canadian operation. Um, don't know why. And um, then I decided to go into like more kitchens. So then I was doing kitchens. Wow. So I incorporated wow. basically everything into interior design, except I wasn't doing the, you know, the curtains. I wasn't doing anything, you know, furniture shopping or anything like that. I didn't do any structural work. I was more into cabinets. Well, you can see from my background that I'm really into it as well. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like, so, so you, um, 
so you, here you are, you go from timeshare stuff into organizing people's closets and and now kitchens. Now, are, are you a, is this your own, bit, but I mean, are you like a subcontractor or are you an employee? Yes, it was like a sub. Yes, it was. It was like I was self-employed, basically. Okay, okay, and that's what I was curious about. And yeah, the kitchen company and the company who was building the cabinets—they were basically design uh, building what I designed. Right. I had right. to sell everything, so I had to sell it and design it. Got it. So yeah. timeshare sales actually comes really handy in every walk of life. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they teach you how to sell for sure. How to talk to people. Uh I was I, a quick times timeshare story. I was in um, in in the Caribbean on a cruise, and we stopped at um, what was the island Saint Martin, and and um, and they were offering a bunch of free T-shirts if you came and listened to this pitch. And I had never listened to one, and I'm like, sure, why not? And get a bunch of free shirts. And and this guy, like. He asked for my driver's license at some point, and and he would not give it back. I kept saying, "Dude, I'm not buying. Like, give give me my license." And they came. That it was crazy. So, like, I said, "Give me my license back." And he goes, "Oh, I'll get it here in a minute." And he kept trying to close me, and I was like, "It almost turned into a fight." Like, I was <laughs> like, "Dude, go get my driver's license now!" Like, seriously, things are going to start getting broken around here. Like it was the most insane and intense sales pitch I've ever been in, ever. Yeah, it, it is intense, but I, yeah, I don't think that I ever had to choke anybody to stay at the table. No, that's funny. You never had to choke anyone. So, like, you know, but but so I know, but I know that time timeshare sales is like you've got to be very very skilled. It's very high, high, very high pressure. Yeah, yeah, and. What I actually I have to say, if if somebody in is any kind of sales uh, position or sales environment, you cannot use all those skills that they teach you in timeshare sales because people will run away, right? right? So nobody like when when you are in a um, a sales position, people have the the choice to go away, but in the timeshare resorts, usually people take you there, yeah, right. Yeah. So in order for you to leave, you would either have to haul a cab or get some sort of a, a transportation to go away. So you kind of, you yeah. know, you're stuck. You have to stay there until the very end. Yeah. So they, they can pull out all the stunts and all the hard pressure sales that they want because they know that you're at their mercy. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I've been I've been at like at the Disney Disney resorts in Orlando with my wife and and they were they were not high pressure which surprised me maybe i warned them up front that i i would you know get violent <laughs> i'm kidding i'm like no they were very like you know whatever yeah here's the deal and if you want it let us know there's only a x amount and and you know whatever so but it, so so you took all of this this sales experience you went into the organization business for closets and then then into kitchens and and it sounds like you you must have done well. Yeah, I did. I, I I had a really really good good business, and and I would still probably be doing it had I not started a family. 
Right. Because right. when I had my first daughter, I decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Right. Right. <laughs> Little did I know that once you're an entre- entrepreneur, you will always be an entrepreneur. So right. after my second daughter was born, I started to go stir crazy at home. Yeah. And uh, it was, you're going to laugh, but unfortunately, even my vocabulary went down to the level of bubble guppies. <laughs> yeah. So if people have kids, you know what bubble guppies are, right? Yep. So I was at home 24-7. Yep. I don't have family here. Because of the distances, friends are not here. They work. They don't yep. come by very often. So all I had the conversations with is with my children, yep. the two babies, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so after like three years or four years, it got to the point that I could not have a decent conversation with an adult. Right. And it was very humbling. I said, okay, this is crazy. I I just have to. I have to change. I have to start doing self-development. And I have to... I have to learn and I have to start talking to people. I have to go out and start networking again. Yeah. Wow. Oh. And that's when I realized that with all this self-development and and learning new things and finding Cedric Harris and finding... His um, um, How to Sell Anyone, Anytime, Anywhere uh, yeah. se- uh, series, uh, he, uh, he taught me that there was different types of personalities, which in times they don't teach you, right? They're right. just like it's a person and this is what you have to say and you have to push, push, push until they break, right? <laughs> but nowadays, you have to learn to different people in a different way yeah. in order to make sure that First of all, you find out what they want because yeah. if you don't know what they need, it doesn't matter what you have, you're not going to sell them. That's right. right? So, right. yeah, so- I folded my business and uh, when I started again, I was thinking, how long is it going to take me to get back to the financial status that I was when I did, when I folded my interior design business? And after the calculations, I thought five years, five years of hard work. And what happens if I stop the business again? Right. No income. And I'm thinking, okay, what else can I do for five years that is going to give me residual income after I stop working? And I looked at insurance and I looked at all kinds of, I looked at um, all kinds of investments but because I was in the networking mind frame, I thought it has to be network marketing. So I was always around network marketing with different companies, but nobody really taught me that there is a compensation plan. Well, <laughs> and, and I want to, I kind of want to, I want to talk a little bit about that because, um, you know, I, I've been. And my very first sales position was when I was 17 years old. I was selling water purification systems for an Amway distributor that that hired me. And, and, you know, so I've been around it my entire life for the most part, right? And, And I, of course, I knew people growing up. I saw my mom's friends that sold Tupperware and, and, and the different, you know, Mary Kay and the Avon and all these different things. And, and so those are, you know, cause there, there are people on this planet still that think, I, matter of fact, I saw some, some guy post something on Facebook the other day that said, is there a software that will literally go through Facebook and block every network marketer. And I went, 
Oh, really? I know, and I went, well, here, dude, yeah, you just did it. I blocked him. Because I'm like, you know, first off, like, don't hate on what people choose as their profession, number one. And number two, like, if you don't think that you, if you have a job or you're the CEO of a company, you're in network marketing. Like, you may be at the top of the, the food chain as the CEO, but yeah. but still you have to you have customers and clients that that, that you answer to no matter where yeah. you are right yeah. so i yes. think people just don't they have this weird misconception about network marketing and and they're wrong what i find is that a lot of people hate on things that they don't know anything about exactly and the worst thing is that they're not even open to learn about it it could be their choice. It could be that it's really not for them, but how can they really make a judgment call on something that they don't know the details of? Exactly. They don't know if they're making the right decision or the wrong decision because they don't have all the details. Right. right. So, yeah, see, unfortunately, it, it has a bad, it's, it has a, a bad image or it, it had a bad image because I'm now meeting a lot more people who are more open-minded at least to listen even if they decide that this is not for them, right? Yep. Like, yep. it's the same thing with the cars, right? Some people like the Honda, some people like the Mercedes. Yep. So, it's it's there's no right or wrong thing. Not everybody is a customer. Not everybody is going to be your team member. Right. Right? But if, if you are not open-minded, you don't know what's out there. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, <laughs> you know, there's been many, 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 many people that have you know joined a network marketing business i'm i'm one of them i'm sure you are where you know you have the you get all excited about the product and the opportunity to help people and make money and 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 so they they get in and 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 they quickly you know find out that it's a whole lot of work and you, you, it is it's it's there yes. it's it's own you Absolutely. own your own business like it's a yes. lot of work and, yeah. and there's no, there is no shortcut to success. Like it no. doesn't just like, Hey, I signed up for this magic thing. And, and all of a sudden your life is you're, you're rolling in money. That's not the way it works. No, absolutely not. And, um, unfortunately there's a lot of hype of getting people into because most of the network marketing companies are very strong on recruiting. Otherwise, people are not making money. Right. So it's constantly recruit, recruit, recruit. Right. And uh, unless unless you find somebody who is like, okay, I want to join you. Most people are, are doing this hype presentation and they paint this beautiful image that people are going to get rich in two months. Right. And without work, um, it is that's not true. So, right. again, it's it's some of our fault as well that we are not educating people properly. Right. So right. When, when people are, I always, when, when I have these discussions with people, I always say that it's not just the product. It's not just the compensation plan, but choose your upline well as well. Because if you don't get the support, the guidelines, the how to, the even word for word scriptage of how to say things, what to say, right. Yep. And, and how to invite people and you don't learn that, you will never be successful. It well, doesn't matter what the and, product is. And I, I'm going to make a point that 
you know, it's 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 no different than if you go get a job working for a company. A- Andrea, you were just telling a story a few minutes ago about how you worked for a company that shut down their Canadian operations and you were out of a job. So it all like when you're when, if you're in a network marketing business or you've ever been in a network marketing business that didn't work out. And all of a sudden now you feel like everything that has anything to do with network marketing is blah, blah, blah and bad. Well, that's insane. That's like saying I was trying to learn how to walk when I was a baby and I fell down. And and so, like, I never tried that again. That's dumb. That's just like that's not real. That's not life. Yeah, exactly. But it's also like if somebody goes and gets a job fresh out of university or fresh out of college or high school. And they take that job. There is a three months trial period right. when they teach you how to do that job. Yes. Right. If you're not putting in a effort, well, after the three months t- trial period, you're out the door. Yep. When network marketing, you're not out the door. The opportunity is there for you to work at your own pace. Yep. Nobody is rushing you, right? right? Right. But the tools are there with the right company, obviously, and with the right uh, uh, team. There is nobody is left out to dry. Nobody is kicked out. Nobody is okay. Now you you like if you don't do this, then you're out of a job. Right, if, right. If you don't do this, you don't make money. But if you do it well, if you make this as a, a skill, as a second nature, the sky is the limit. Yeah. And yeah, so the opportunity with with network marketing for people who have no background whatsoever in any kind of sales is still the same. This is something that anybody can learn. Is this for everybody? Definitely not. Because if you don't want to work your butt off, this is definitely not the business for you. Right. This is, right. It's not, it's not something that you're going to hire people that will do the work for you. This well, is, you have to put in the work. Well, and it, it, it's, 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 again, I think that, and and you can disagree with me if you think I'm wrong, but I, I think that there are so many people in life that are looking for the the easier, softer way to get to all of their dreams coming true. Like that, you know, can 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 be involved in anything and not have to put in the work is ridiculous. Like you have to put like you don't get you don't get guns like you don't get without doing the push-ups. Nobody's going to do your push-ups for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't get that. Like you have to do the work. And so But unfortunately, well, sorry to interrupt, but No, go ahead. We live in an instant gratification society. Yes, we do. We want everything like right away. Like right look now. at the weight loss programs. There are so many weight loss programs that are out there. Yeah. And people jump on it and yeah. then 2 weeks later they say, "Sorry, it didn't work for me." Right, right. I mean, all you can do is really laugh, yeah. right? Yeah. You didn't put on that weight overnight or in two weeks, so why do you expect it to, you know, to to get off of it, to shed the weight in in two weeks? Right. It's hard work. Right. It so, is. It is. I agree. So, so what are some of the things that you think um, in in life, not not just in network marketing, but in anything? Um, I mean, you come from. Hungary, which is that is that considered Eastern Europe, East Eastern European, or I, I don't know, but they call it the Eastern Bloc because we yeah. were the communist 
but yeah. geographically, Hungary is Central Europe. Right. So, so you you come from you're you're an, you're an immigrant to Canada, eh? Yes. Um, <laughs> sorry. Anytime I get the chance, I'm going to. So, but and I have I don't even know how many friends I have in Canada. A lot, lot, lot. Um, I love Canada, and I've never even been there. But you know, um, you're you came over, and and I think that you know, at least in in the U.S., there's a lot of people that again that think you know you don't have to put in the work; it should just come easy, and blah blah blah, all of that stuff. And not not everybody, obviously, but like you you probably came here with an unstoppable work ethic. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I came here with the, the the image in my head that this is the land of opportunities. Right. It's not the land of handouts. Right. I never I never had that. Right. Like I never had I never thought that I could, you know, just sit at home and collect welfare. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, unfortunately, some people have to do that. But if you have to stay on it for an extended period of time, that's your own fault. Right, right. I I agree with that. So so with um with the 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 thing that I guess the question I was getting to is what is it that you feel um keeps most people stuck? If they're stuck and they stay stuck, what do you think that number one thing is that keeps people there? That keeps them stuck? Conformity conformity what do you mean by that people conform to a way of life they're comfortable with going to work coming home getting a paycheck it's comfortable they 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 go to work they, there is a certain set of hours that they have to spend there um most they're not even there's there's no real repercussions if you're not putting in all the work effort that you you could Right. And yeah. then you go home and then, you know, you watch TV, you enjoy your time, you know, you, you go partying. Yeah. But then I think there comes a point where people start looking into, you know, the neighbors Oh, that they have the car, they have the they, they're very able to buy the bigger house. So they, they start thinking, oh, maybe I should. I should have that as well, but they're not willing to put the effort into to uh, either have a second job, so just to work a little bit more. So conformity in my mind is that we do what the masses are doing and not what the five percent is doing. Right. Because Amen. that's too much effort. And risk. There's risk. And failure, risk of failure. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So, so if, if somebody came to you right now and they said, I'm not making it, I, I can't, um, I, my, my electric is getting shut off tomorrow. My car was repossessed last week. I, I'm, I, my, I'm, I feel like a miserable failure. I'm depressed. I don't know what to do. What would you, um, what would you say to that person to help them get out of that that mindset? Because you and I know that it, it's, you know, it's it's all it's up okay. here. It's all yeah. up there, right? What what would you say to that person to help them get over that hump, get them unstuck? 
I don't think that you can say anything. I would ask a lot of questions, tell you the truth, because if I tell you something, it might not be your truth. But if you convince yourself by answering a few questions, that is what's going to get, I think, get you out of the rut that you're in. So you can have this and this and this kind of problems. If you're not ready to do anything about it up here, right. then you will never, if, if you, you will never make it. Or it will take you a lot longer to make it. So whether there is a right way or wrong way of getting out of a, a rut, everybody's circumstances are different. So you cannot just say that, oh, this is what I would say to everybody. Right, right. I agree with you. Do you feel like um, that? Do you feel like it's mindset though most of the time? Absolutely, absolutely. We, I, I love listening to self development. I love listening to Jim Rohn. I love listening to Earn Nightingale, and they all say, "You become what you think about." Yep. So if you think about negative things, if you are in the victim mindset, yep. that's all you are going to get because what. The vibe that you give out is what you're going to get back. Yep. If you think positive thoughts, positive things are going to happen to you. Yep. And it's hard, definitely hard to change your mindset. And that's why one of the, uh, I, this is one of the things that I love about network marketing is the self-development. Yep. Because network marketing is really self-development with a product attached to it. Yeah, amen. Yeah, amen. And I, I, you know, I've heard, I've heard Grant Cardone say, say that, you know, it's like, you know, like everybody should join a network marketing company. It not, not for necessarily the value of the product or necessarily the value of the, the, the money you might make from it. But what you get is you get to be around a lot of really positive and motivated people. You get exposed to more, more um, motivation and more, more, um, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? You just get exposed to a lot of great people that are going to help move you in life. And great energy. And great energy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what else do you, what, what else do you have to share with people that might be stuck? I mean, it, it can't, uh, they're like, you know, we've, we've got this, what have we been on here? 46 minutes, but in 46 minutes, pretty hard to summarize everything you've gone through and been through. Um, what are some things that some, some challenges that you have, um, hit that, that you were like, I, I, I just don't think I'm going to be able to get past this and you were able to do it. Yes, well, I, I remember this very, very clearly. There was one point in, in uh, after my um, my divorce, I, I took on a huge, huge um, expense or loan yeah. on top of my mortgage just to uh, get out of my marriage ASAP and uh, or end 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 my uh, my marriage um, without a, an extended you know trial or anything like that. And um, I was at the point um, with my design career being self-employed, not having an income and having this huge mortgage. I was at the point that I was telling my girlfriend that I have reserves for three months. I'm seriously. In three months, 
if I don't make money, I will be packing up my two cats and moving under the bridge. <laughs> you said I my lose, two cats. I, I would lose my, my, my condo. I, like, it was just, I would lose my, like, I was not able to make any payments. Wow. And in that three months, and this is where I'm so happy that I had that strength that was implanted in me in that communist system that there's no way in hell that it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen, right? right? There's no way in hell that I would go move under the bridge. So <laughs> I did everything in my power to, and it was mindset. It was just the, uh, the impossible is, is, is not possible for me. Wow. It never was. Now, I didn't say that it was easy, but... And it's funny because I teach my girls that I can't is not a word. So if you ask them, they are going to tell you. If you tell them what is I can't, they're going to look at you like, what? That's not a word. So I love it. Definitely. It's, it's, um, there, for me, there was never an impossible possible. Right. Right. I love that. I, I absolutely love that. And I've, I've talked to so many people where, you know, they feel like they can't do something or they say like I'm like you know and I teach and my wife and I we teach our daughters we have two daughters that like we teach them like you can do anything there is literally like you know of course you know there are the limitations of if you jump off of a 10-story building and <laughs> and think you can fly good luck with that yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> There, there are certain yeah. logical limitations. The laws of physics you can change. Right, you can't. But you know, you can improvise. You could put a parachute on. You yeah. could, you could, you know, whatever. So I think you know when when I, I love what you're talking about. I love exactly what you just said because once you make up your mind, once you make up your mind, and we've all been there, right? You've been there where you're like, it's down to the last minute. And once you decide this is it, enough's enough, I'm not going to allow this, boom, yeah. it happens. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm convinced that when when you put out that mindset and, and, and you put out those positive vibes and positive energy from your brain is the universe is just going to start making it happen. Yep. That's because right. there is nothing in your way. Yes, there are hurdles, but I mean, there, there's no straight way to anywhere. I mean, that's luck. Right. But right. If, how often does that happen, right? But Not very. But you do everything in your power to, and, and there's nothing that can deter you. It right. will happen. It right. will happen for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and I have, when I go to, um, um, to our, our networking events and, and I listen to other, other people. Everybody had, some people had huge debt like I myself. Uh, some people had, had tragic situations. And the only way to overcome it is by changing the mindset. Yes. No way to come and help you give you a quarter of a million dollars. Right. I, I mean, here, pay off your debt, right? And then, no, this this is not how it works. It's it's all your effort, but your efforts are have to be corresponding with your mindset, right? Yes. yes. I agree. It's like bicycling. It's like bicycling. Right. I agree with you. So so what what final words of 
I can't believe we're already like gonna wrap this up, but we're we've been on here we've been on here fifty two minutes already. That's insane. That's time flies. Jeez. So flies. so, what are some final words of wisdom that you would share with anyone, uh, whether they're in network marketing or they're in um, their own business or they work for somebody and they realize they're not really living their dream and they want to do something, but they have all those fears that are holding them back. What are some words of, of wisdom that you would share with them to help them like see the oh, big picture? Just do it. <laughs> Thanks, um, Nike. I, I would. I, <laughs> yes. I didn't want to say that. Yeah, I know. It sounded much better than it came from me. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. well, <laughs> what an original um, idea. You know, uh, <laughs> the, um, I, I have to say that the turning point in in somebody when they have fear is self-development. Now, unfortunately, people, some people take it to the extent that, that they just learn and learn and learn and learn, but they never apply. Right. So to have that first push of, okay, now let's go out and start talking to people or just take the first step towards what you want, it has to come from inside. Yeah. So if the mindset is not there, if if you're not at a breaking point where, like this is now it now or never, right? Then it will never happen, in my opinion. So it doesn't matter what anybody says around you. If you are not forcing yourself that this is what you have to do, nobody else can say anything. Yeah. So all I all I can all I can say is changing the mindset is very difficult. Um, listen to as much motivational, um, like speakers like Jim Rohn or Earl Nightingale, as I said, and, and, and talk to, talk to people that are, are positive. Yeah. Always talk to people who are, are positive. If you are surrounded with negative people, it's kind of hard to change your mindset because you keep listening to the negativity as opposed to listening to the positivity. Yeah. But it takes a long time to um, to change a mindset, and even with with um, it was very interesting because I I, um, I was thinking about how you you read all you, all these um, um, what's the word word I'm looking for? Not motivation. This is I have a blip now in English and Hungarian. <laughs> like like insp um, inspirational things. Um, Manifestation, that's the one. Ah, I'm looking for. yeah, yeah, yeah. So people are reading the manifestations, right? Yeah. And they think, oh, it doesn't work. Well, if you don't believe in it, it will not work. It doesn't matter how many times you are going to read it. That's right. So my trick and recommendation for that is that on the phone there is a voice recorder app. Yeah. So if you record your own voice saying that my subconscious mind and I believe that the manifestations that I'm reading do work, then that is embedded in your subconscious because you hear your own voice yep. saying that. So when you get to the manifestations, they are like your your brain is more open to receiving them. Yeah. Because it's backed up with your own voice telling your own brain that you do actually believe. But if you just read it, it's like reading the, reading a book. <laughs> and and I, I, I wanna I wanna point out that I know um, I know that you have been incredibly successful in network marketing, right? Ups and downs. I, I, I know. 
but, but there's but... been there's been times yeah. when you've had you know more than 20 people in your downline right i did <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely a lot right um i i left a big team yeah. from my previous company because i wasn't happy with some certain circumstances yeah. and and i started from scratch sure and there's nothing wrong with that right right there's nothing wrong with that so, I, so it's I mean, really not it, it it it's it as I said, it doesn't really matter how big of a downline you have, right? If your upline is not supportive, if Amen. you're not learning the ropes, if if you're not getting the help that your team needs. Well, and I think that you know, again, from my I I like I told you, I'll just share. I'm not sharing the name, but I literally right before we got on this this live stream. Um, I was late because I was on on a Zoom meeting with a client that of mine that I just became great friends with, and this person's been on Oprah on the Oprah Show like three or four different times, and like is, is a huge celebrity, huge huge celebrity, and and like I, I, I'm now I've I, I've been my emails are popping in. I see that I've received a couple of emails from this person. And, and so like, and, and let me say, I don't say that with any sort of arrogance in any way. Sharon Lecter, the, 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 is a friend of mine. She commented on my post yesterday and I, I sat there for a minute, a moment. And I was like, I just had the co-author of rich dad, poor dad comment on my post on Facebook. Like, how's that real? Like, how, like who I'm awesome. special? I'm just somebody that didn't give up. I'm just yeah, somebody exactly. that, that no matter what, I've had the times when when I've had to eat like ramen noodles and, and that was a like a special moment when I got to put butter in the ramen noodles. You know, <laughs> like, or, oh my gosh, I have some Parmesan cheese to put on there. So I've been in that place where, where you know, it, it's like, oh my God, it's all falling apart. It's never coming together. And 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 I think that people need to understand. Um, I don't I don't pray for patience because God always gives you opportunity to practice patience if you pray yeah. for it. So yeah. you know, I like it takes that tenacity, right? Like that that just unwavering ability to not stop. Exactly, you have to keep going because if you fall underneath yourself and you become in this victim, you become the victim of your circumstances. Yeah. That's that's not something that I would recommend to anybody. No. And if so, oh, but you don't know my circumstances. I'm a firm believer that you create your own circumstances. Now, it might sound very arrogant, but I firmly believe that you create your own circumstances. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I totally agree. Now, I think that things happen to, you know, that the, the, the are beyond our control but we do get to control how we respond to those Absolutely. things. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And I, yeah. so I think that, that, you know, and there's an old Buddhist, uh, an old Buddhist saying that goes something like pain in life is inevitable. Suffering is a choice. Exactly. That's amazing. I right? love that. Right. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. You can wallow in your own sorrow right. as much as you want. And I think, uh, who was this? Maybe 
I heard it from Ray Higdon, and actually he said that some people are just very happy to be miserable. That's exactly... And there's nothing that anybody can do about that. Nope. So it doesn't matter how much you tell them or how much positivity you're pouring on them. They're going to run away from you because they are happy to be miserable. They're happy. And Some people I mean, live for but that. But those are not the people that you want around yourself anyway. That's right. I, I, absolutely not. And there are people who literally, they don't realize it. They do not realize it. But they are so ingrained and programmed to respond to everything in life with negativity. And they yeah. want to bring you down to their level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They are preparing for the what ifs. They're preparing for the what ifs, and they don't live the life in in a in a way where it is actually enriching. Right. Enriching. How how do you pronounce that? Did I say that right? You did. Enriching. Yes. It's they they live in this fear of oh my god, what happens if? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it's 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 a very debilitating feeling. Yep. And it's just very hard to live with that. So I, I they, they are putting a lot of strain on themselves, and that's where the self-limiting beliefs come from, right? But if you, it's it's only themselves who can change that, and that I think comes through a lot of self-development. I totally agree. You gotta you gotta continuously sharpen the axe. You have to continuously sharpen the axe and improve yeah. yourself. So. I, I love it. I love everything that you're doing, everything that you stand for. You are amazing. Giselle told me, oh, wait, she's amazing. You'll see. Um, and, and, so I'm, are, and so are you. And I love the interviews that you're putting out. You're putting a lot of value in front of people, getting the message from others out there because everybody needs to hear these. And it was hard for me to realize that everybody has a message yeah. and everybody needs to hear everybody's message because you don't know what one sentence is what's going to change your life. That's why That's I keep, why doing, I keep these. doing these. That's why. That's why. I mean, I Absolutely. do these interviews because... And I applaud you for it. I applaud you for well, it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, I, I hopefully what you've had to say has positively impacted... Hey, you know what? It's positively impacted me, so the heck with everybody else. But, but uh, no, <laughs> I you. mean, look. Hopefully, you've been able to help some people, and 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 the replay viewers are going to watch this, and 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 you know, it's there. So, listen. How does everybody follow you? Where where can they follow you? They can find me on Facebook, okay. Andrea Levine. Um, Basically, that's it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, You're not on Instagram my, or Twitter. Instagram is I'm at I'm Andrea Levine. Okay. I A M Andrea Levine. Okay. That's Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I okay. don't use LinkedIn as much, although I have a good group of people there as well. Good. And good. Um, yeah, I have uh, I have two Facebook. Uh, fan pages. One of them is for my business. It's called Essence for Youth. Okay. And the other one is just simply my name, Andrea Levine. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, Andrea, you are amazing. You're a rock star. I genuinely appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's amazing. It's a very humbling experience, and all the jitters are gone now. Uh, <laughs> well, good. 
So we can just talk all day now, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You're awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. Sorry for the little hiccups and being a little late, but um, thank you to everybody who's been on here, and thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom with us all. Thank you so much, Ken. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. We'll see you guys. We'll see you all tomorrow. Have a great day.